So there. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. Why do you keep saying let us know your thoughts? Let me know your thoughts to me is a nice lead-in for So There. So There. Welcome to episode six of So There. This is Tom Karamitis. I'm a molecular biologist. And I'm Gary Doyle. I work for The Kramer Krasalt, as it's called on Facebook. And this is a podcast, as our 2.2 million listeners already know, a podcast about marketing, inexplicable human behavior, and whatever else comes to our mind. Small miracle. We've made it to episode six. It is a small miracle against all the wishes of our listeners. Even the ones in the UK and Australia. Oh, no. You're leaving out China. Yes. As our president <laughs> yes. uh, pronounce, pronounces the name of the, of the country, China. And apparently they go through Google Translate when they listen to our, uh, our podcast in China. All right. So uh, the first topic today is, uh, is something that I predict Tom Karamitis will have a hard time responding to. But I, but I want to talk about it because it makes me laugh and has made me laugh for years. So there was a... Um, there was a great magazine back in the 90s called Spy. Spy Magazine was a magazine about New York City, satirical magazine about celebrities in New York City. And one of their articles, one, uh, art, one uh, issue, uh, was um, a cop from the New York City Police Department who'd been on the police department for about 20 years compiled a list of names of perpetrators that he came across in the line of duty just odd interesting names um, and these are all real names that he had collected in the line of duty and so I'd like to read these for my listeners uh, for your entertainment all right here we go Carlton St. Bernard Pearly Peoples Ivanhoe Bryant Gary Cabbagestock Carl Master Ward Pegram Iona Blow <laughs> Pioneer Crump <laughs> Sorry, I'm struggling not to laugh <laughs> Columbus Dix Samson Samoa And my favorite The Reverend The Chicken La Holmes All real names from the New York City Police Blotter uh, and I would like to add just two others that I have come across in real life. These are real names of real people. Plato Fufus was a tenant in an apartment building a friend of mine owned. Plato Fufus. And this was a man who uh, my wife, when she was working, uh, was a customer for her uh, in her sales job. And the customer's name was Norb Malat. Norb Malat. So there. Was that Malat spelled M-L-O-T-T? Correct. You know, I think I've seen or heard that name somewhere. I don't remember where. Maybe I had the same client as, as your wife. Norb Malat. Norb must be short for something. Norbert. Norbert. Right. I think Norb is short, short for Norbert. Uh, but I have a special fondness for... <laughs> <laughs> the Reverend De Chicken La Holmes and Columbus Dix. 
I, uh, you know, and, and yeah, I was totally caught off guard by this topic. Gary and I have a, uh, we've started a Google Doc where we just throw possible topics at each other. And I don't know if, the, well, you know what, perhaps you, 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 you put this topic on the, on the thing and I just didn't read it. But I do have, the only name I can add, and it's not a real name, it's an, a name I made up that if I was a professional athlete, I would call myself Jarnuvius Breadcrumb. Jarnuvius Breadcrumb. So there. They're not booing. They're saying, Jarnuvius, <laughs> leaving a trail of crumbs on his way to the basket. <laughs> you don't have any uh, athletes' names to add to this? That are fu- as funny as the ones you gave me? Athletes' names. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're not uh, Rance Mullenix, Thane Gash. I mean, there's... Cleveland Browns, defensive tackle. What do dogs do? But they bark. You don't remember Barkevius Mingo? Oh, Barkevius Mingo. Sure. That, and that's where Jarnuvius breadcrumb was, was, was derived from, if you must know. Um, of course, the greatest name ever was um, Albert Pujols. Why is that great? Well, his last name is just, you couldn't come up with anything better than that. I never made that connection. Gives you something to think about on the train tonight. So there. Well, I will, uh, I'd like to talk about something that has um, haunted me for years. It kind of came out of an incident that happened when I was in college. I, I, was, I went to a concert uh, on campus, uh, and it was a, a, it was a jazz guitarist performing. His name, and I think he died recently, his name was Larry Coriel. And I was a little bit out of my league going to a kind of a jazz guitar concert. and A freeform jazz explorer? Yeah, it was a lot of, and to that point, there was a lot of um, kind of freeform, um, a bit of a jazz odyssey, if you will. But what the audience would do periodically, and I couldn't really figure out why, is periodically during one of his quick, lightning-fast guitar riffs, somebody in the audience would start to just clap. And then others in the audience would join in, and it would be kind of this, this, this kind of quick little ovation thing. And I didn't really understand what triggered the ovations, but I wanted to kind of fit in. And then after a while during this concert, I thought, you know what, I want to initiate one of these things. So I started to clap and no one joined me. And I felt very exposed. And at that moment, I kind of redefined for myself how I felt about what I call peer pressure standing ovations. And ever since then, I have rejected them to the point where if I'm at a concert uh, and everyone around me is doing the standing ovation and I'm not particularly feeling it, I will sit there. I will sit there with my hands in my lap while everyone around me is, is doing the standing ovation and I don't feel peer pressure. I kind of feel proud at that moment being very contrarian. Uh, you know, so that, that, that kind of became a thing with me. Um, uh, the wave, you could say, is a bit of a peer pressure uh, herd mentality thing. But the wave to me is just kind of in fun. It's just you kind of do it for a second. But uh, I, I continue to, to be fairly contrarian when it comes to herd mentality behavior. So there. So you don't give people standing ovations? Unless I, well, if I feel it, I will give them the ovation they deserve. But I won't do it out of peer pressure. Do you sit down during the wave? 
Sometimes. I don't always do the wave. It, it's just kind of so, it's so 90s. I find the wave loathsome. I'm happy that Chicago teams, Chicago fans, for all their faults, generally don't do the wave. You don't see the wave at Bears games. You don't see it at Cubs games. You don't see it at Bulls games. You, you tend to see it in second-tier, second-rate markets like Jacksonville Jaguar games or San Diego Padres baseball games. They do the wave. So they don't do the wave at Wrigley Field. They do not. I have never seen it at Wrigley Field. All right. I thought when you were talking about your when you were telling your story about the uh, you know standing ovation, I, I thought of a different thing. I thought of I tried to talk Tom Carminus into a segment, adding a segment to the pod called "How Low Can You Go," and the "How Low Can You Go" segment would be humiliating occurrences in your life. And I think kind of trying to start a standing ovation and failing to is humiliating. I had a humiliating occurrence this past week, and I went to the Costco. <clears throat> and if you ever been to a Costco, they hand out lots of free samples, especially around lunchtime. Uh, and and so people line up for those free samples, no matter what they are. And it occurred to me when I was like fifth in line for a uh, for for something that this is pro- probably the most humiliating thing that can happen to anybody to be standing in line at the Costco on a Saturday for like a mini cocktail wiener. Not even a whole wiener, like half a wiener, right? You're standing in line for a cube of cheese or a chunk of salami, <laughs> you know, waiting in line. There is something kind of pathetic about it. And they, they invariably will clog the aisles while they wait patiently for the little toaster oven to ding so the little pizza puff will come out and they can eat. Tom Karamitis has a feeling about people that shop at Costco and, and what they should do before they go to Costco. Is I that think, right? Yes. I decree that they should eat before going to Costco. I decree a, a little teaser for what's coming up next, a new, a, a new segment in So There. But I will say before we move into that, I, I will say one other thing with, with how low can you go behavior, which also to me uh, is related to what I was talking about before, which is kind of how you would react at a concert. Um, and I'm sure some of, some of our 3.2 million listeners have had this experience. 2.3. Uh, 2.3 this week. All right. Uh, analytics have been updated. Um, going to a classical concert and making the god-awful mistake of applauding, starting an applaud between movements. Well, you think the song has ended. Exactly. There's that silence, and you, st- you let out a couple claps, and no one claps around you, and you just want to just crawl into your own skin. It's humiliating. It is humiliating. That's why I don't go to classical concerts anymore. Avoid opportunities to be humiliated. That's become my new motto. When you clap at the wrong time, they know you're the kind of person that typically goes to <laughs> White <Choreo>. Snake <laughs> concerts. <laughs> or Larry Coryell. So there, Redux is where we cover, we add to topics that we've talked about before. We've talked about them before, and then uh, something happened that uh, that fit into a topic we've covered before. So, uh, a few weeks ago, or a few episodes ago, we talked about uh, lazy songwriting lyrics, bad songwriting lyrics, I guess, lazy songwriting lyrics, a lot of Steve Miller lyrics. He's the king of, of lazy songwriting, but I heard one on the radio the other day that I've heard a million times, but it occurred to me as very lazy and kind of inexplicable, and that's the lyric to... Elton John's song, Rocket Man. So 
Uh, the way the verse in Rocket Man goes is Mars ain't the kind of place to raise your kids. In fact, it's cold as hell. And there's no one there to raise them. If you did, Mars ain't the kind of place to raise a kid. In fact, it's cold as hell. And no one there to raise them if you did. Now, I think that's redundant. No one there to raise them if you did raise a kid. It ain't the kind of place to raise a kid because no one's there to raise them if you did raise a kid. And I think it's redundant and lazy. Is redundant and lazy and also from the Steve Miller School of Tense misusage. Where's the tense misusage? If you did. Mm-hmm. Right, because if it, it ain't the kind of place to raise a kid as a projection perhaps into the future. That's how I took it. And no one there to raise them if you did raise them. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, lazy songwriting lyrics. My contribution for Redux this week is is another oft-visited topic that Gary Doyle and I have, <clears throat> elevator etiquette, or lack thereof. I have come across a behavior which I believe truly is, is, is the pinnacle of, of passive-aggressive elevator behavior, and that is you're in the elevator, somebody is racing for the elevator, and you make believe you don't see them because you're looking at your phone, all right? You make believe you have no functioning peripheral vision whatsoever, and you ignore them, fumbling away at your phone as the doors close. Gary Doyle's gambit is to pretend like I'm lunging for the door button to open it. The fake I'm lunge. lunging the fake lunge. Have we covered this? Yes. I'm okay. I'm lunging for the open button, but I'm not really. I'm like, oh, let me get that open button for you. So that would be. And an then example. the doors. And then the doors shut on them, and I. Inside, I cackle a small cackle of delight. What you just heard was a, an example of redux, redux. Whoa. The next segment on So There is a new segment. I know, it's a lot to, it's a lot to get your head wrapped around. I mean, the notion of our pod is a lot to get your head wrapped around. Then redux, and now we're adding a new segment. Just hold on, just bear with me. Uh, This is a segment called I Decree, or in the King's speech, I Decree, I Decree. If we were king for a day, we would have certain decrees as to how the world should behave. Uh, And if Gary Doyle was king, Gary Doyle would decree that people walking up and down Michigan Avenue should not be allowed to walk more than two abreast. Three abreast, too many. Too many people on Michigan Avenue, too many tourists, too many people gawking at buildings and stores. Three abreast, bad. Two abreast, acceptable. So Gary Doyle would like to decree that those walking up and down Michigan Avenue shall walk two abreast maximum. I decree... You will give me a fresh set of silverware after the appetizer course. You will not ask me to reuse silverware. I cannot for the life of me 
figure out why some restaurants do that. And it has nothing to do with cheaper places or more expensive places. Do you ever notice that some restaurants, you, you, you put your dirty silverware in, in the appetizer plate and they lift up the plate and they try to return your dirty silverware to you. I don't understand why they would do that. I decree that behavior needs to stop. I decree that going forward, I will never reuse silverware in a restaurant. I decree that everyone shall cover their mouth when they yawn. Many people do not. I decree everyone shall cover their mouth when they yawn. I decree there shall be a royal musical stinger that announces, I decree going forward. And you'll hear it perhaps immediately. Is it the uh, imperial margarine? Stinger? It'll be very much like it. It'll be kind of a royal cornet playing a very short fanfare. If it were to be played on mouth trumpet, would it go like... Something like that. I'll find something appropriate for next week. I decree it shall be. Okay. Well, now it's time for uh, listener mail. A reminder that you can reach us at uh, so there at yahoo.com. So there is one word. So there at yahoo.com. No exclamation point. That's right. Unlike our iTunes logo. So there at yahoo.com. Yahoo, the most dynamic email platform of them all. And I'm sure after that comment, they will shut us down. Uh, Gary Doyle and I, and I have now received a grand total of two emails to this email address. One we read last week. And what was the gist of that? That one was, it was not very complimentary. It was from, I believe, PR in Chicago, who thanked us for ruining 20 minutes of his life, words to that effect. And ended with, so there, so what? But we were men enough to read it on on the air. We, uh, We are not afraid of criticism. We will just grow from it. Uh, this week, we actually got a very uh, positive note uh, from um, CC in Chicago, who uh, referenced episode four, the meat boat episode, and he said, uh, Gary and Tom, I enjoyed sailing on the USS meat boat. It brought tears to my eyes. Well, thank you, CC. I hope there were tears of joy and not pain. Hard to say. So once again, please, and we will probably read your note on the air since we get so few. So there at yahoo.com. Well, thank you again, fellow friends and listeners, for for bearing with us uh, for another 20 minutes of pain. And we'll see you next time on So So There. There.